0: nombre es Adrián F. Malagón y estoy aquí para decirles que no tienen que seguir escogiendo entre las mentiras, la corrupción, la estupidez o la maldad que los partidos republicano y demócrata continúan a disfrazar como compasión, asistencia y protección. Si crees en la verdadera libertad, moralidad, justicia, derechos de propiedad y no agresión y la paz, el partido libertario es el partido político para ti. Nuestra filosofía es simple: Gobierno es el enemigo de la libertad individual, y es por esa razón que queremos hacer todo lo humanamente posible para reducir e incapacitar el poder del gobierno. Pocos saben más de las maldades del gobierno más que nosotros. La mayoría de nosotros estamos aquí no solo porque nuestros padres o abuelos querían oportunidad o vida mejor para sí mismos y para sus familias, pero más recientemente para huir la violencia y apuros económicos que el gobierno de Estados Unidos ha perpetuado en México y Centro y Sudamérica a través de su política intervencionista. La guerra contra las drogas y la guerra contra la migración, que ambos han disfrutado amplio apoyo tanto por los republicanos como los demócratas hasta el día de hoy, ayudaron a crear los carteles que ahora terrorizan y controlan países enteros, forzando hombres, mujeres y niños inocentes que hagan un viaje desafiando muerte aquí a los Estados Unidos, solo para acabar en una jaula en la frontera o ser devolvido de donde vinieron para hacerlo todo nuevamente. A el gobierno no les importas. A los republicanos y a los demócratas no les importas. Lleva demasiado tiempo que hemos sido parte de sus juegos. Ya basta. Si estás cansado de las mentiras, la violencia, el robo y la corrupción, si quieres ver verdadera libertad en nuestra vida, te pido que consideres uniéndote con y apoyando el Partido Libertario.
1: Hello and welcome back to Libertarian Los Angeles. I'm Sean Osborne and you've been listening to Adrian Mulligan. Uh, He's joined us today on the podcast. How's it going today, Adrian?
2: Uh, it's going great, Sean. Great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Yes, yes, man. I, I appreciate you. Uh, you know, he'd uh, technically been on the podcast once before, but we weren't able to air that one at the time. So we'll uh, we'll talk about why that was a little bit later. But let's talk about. Uh, so what? What's your? You, you were just recently elected to uh, what position at at large?
2: Yeah. So I was just elected as uh, well back in May. I guess re-elected now. Uh, As an at large member for the California executive committee. So uh, good stuff. That's just for the state party. So uh, there are only a few seats on there. I think it's a total of 15. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. But uh, um, yeah, so just uh, about 15 members in the entire state.
1: That's cool. And what's the what's the job of the at large.
2: Uh, So we basically cater to a real officer's wills. (laughs) Um, You know, anything that they need done, uh, anything in a specific region where we may be, whether it's outreach, whether it's just some specific task related to the XCOM, uh, serving on certain committees. I mean, anyone can do that. But it's really just a matter of outreach, being able to, you know, do stuff for people and help people out, uh, whatever it is that they need. So it's just kind of a, it's a learning, more of a learning position than anything else to be able to move up and start doing other stuff.
1: Like you, so so you say you're uh, somebody's above you. Like who would you who do you, who do you work with?
2: Um, so I would say so. Gia Christopher, I think you had her on not too long yeah. ago. Uh, so she's our northern area coordinator. So that would be someone that I would work with. She's up in Placer County. So I would uh, work with her, connect with her. Um, anyone really though? When I say above, it'd be obviously the chair, Mimi. You know, our vice chair, Rachel, uh, treasurer, secretary, so on. So all the coordinators and. Uh, just if they need anything, they'll reach out. Let me know uh, whether it's answering some emails, working on some projects, events. So all that stuff It's just kind of to get acclimated to the entire culture of the political the political world.
1: Nice. So what what uh, what drove you into being a libertarian and a- and actually getting getting active in the party?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so initially, I mean, I've always been a small libertarian. I never never voted. Uh, never voted unironically, I'll say, you know, I'd always get a ballot. <laughs> I said, maybe maybe there'll be a day where I want to do it, but I would just write in funny names or do whatever, vote on some propositions. If they raise taxes, it was an immediate no. And that's pretty much all I'd put on there. But yeah, uh, so yeah small libertarian my entire life. I've never always been declined a state or no political affiliation on my official registration. In about 2016, uh, I discovered, uh, maybe late 2016, I guess, I discovered Dave Smith, uh, Tom Woods, rediscovered Tom Woods, uh, Michael Malice. And so I kind of got into the anarchy scene. So I became a very staunch anarchist. And I said, that's what I am. That makes a lot more sense. I don't want any government. And as stuff, as stuff started to progress, and you know the lockdowns happened, I was hitting my stride uh, career-wise. I was doing really well in the tech world. I lived here in the Bay Area, in the East Bay specifically. I was hitting my stride, making great money, meeting new people. I thought I was gonna, this was gonna be my career. And then 2020 happened. Uh, (laughs) uh, I was one of the first batch of tech workers to get laid off. I was smart enough to realize that this was only the beginning. I didn't buy the two weeks to slow the spread one bit. And Mm -hmm. I knew that this was just the beginning. So I kind of held off on looking for anything else. Luckily, I had a, a savings I could fall back on. You know, libertarians are pretty good when it comes to economics, I'd say. So yeah. they make smart financial decisions. Yeah. So I just held back, and I saw coworker after coworker reapplying actively for jobs, and then they would get it, uh, and they would lose it. You know, two or three weeks would go by, and then they were on LinkedIn again, looking for another job. And I, the only thing more demoralizing than getting laid off once is getting laid off two, three times within the span of uh, just a couple of months, sometimes weeks. And uh, the the lockdowns really changed me. That's what really, I mean people will laugh and they'll always say, you know, you're all you were already an anarchist. How much more radical could you have been? Well, I wasn't active in anything. And you know, that's why I'm here now. It was the, it was the driving force of the Mises caucus wanting to make sure that I I realized how messaging was really important during this whole thing. You know, the Republicans and Democrats were doing the same thing. And even the Libertarian party party was indistinguishable during this entire time. It It was kind of absurd. I couldn't believe that the one party that I thought would do this and started kind of learning a little bit more about what they were doing and um, you know why the Mises Caucus was moving forward with you know this takeover which just means out recruiting people right making sure getting passionate small l libertarians or maybe even big l libertarians people that have been registered that are not active in the party excited again uh, right. Ron Paul revolution 2.0 that's what that means people freak out when that word is used but that's really all that word means and uh, that's really what did it for me. So I, I decided uh, I'm very dramatic about the way that I do things. So I waited till January 1st of 2021. I was already bought in in like November, December, but I wanted it to be January 1st of 2021. I don't know why. That's just my weird OCD thing. But uh, that's when I decided to uh, to become a dues paying member and uh, everything else is history. Started attending my my meetings here. I'm from Contra Costa County here in the East Bay. So I uh, went to my first meeting in January. In February, we had elections, I became the vice chair, and then I threw my hat in the ring for the at-large shortly after that at the convention, and uh, did it again <laughs> when I had to get
1: reelected by the XCOM, and here we are. That's great. So, you know, can, uh, you know, like when, I know, like, if people, this is their first time listening to this podcast or a libertarian podcast, and they hear anarchy, they think Portland. Uh, can you explain what you mean by anarchy? I mean, you know, we know, but... Tell, tell, tell the average person what, what that means.
2: Yeah, it just means wanting to live without rule, uh, you know, without ruler, uh, without rule or ruler, really. But it doesn't mean that you don't have actual rules. I mean, you're still going to abide by basic things like don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. Uh, be left alone. I mean, government is the essence of all evil. You know, Murray Rothbard talks about this in anatomy of the state. Uh, that's actually in Michael Malice's The Anarchist Handbook highly recommend that people read that but it talks about all the things that the state is and how corrupt it is the state own nothing owns nothing it takes everything that it owns um, you see all these people that have been radicalized by the state because of all the things that they're allowed to do that the average person wouldn't be allowed to right we'd get thrown in a cage if i ever came over to your house and took your stuff and just said like i need it for this Uh, I would get thrown in jail, right? But the government can do that. And they call it civil asset forfeiture, or they take your money, and they call it taxes. And that's what we pay to live in some sort of civilized society. I mean, how civilized is this now? (laughs) But uh, yeah, anarchy just means so I mean, there are different schools of anarchy. Uh, It did it is a creature of the left. And some of the stuff that uh, people associate with it is true. But I would be I would consider myself an anarcho capitalist, which is uh, just the non aggression principle, you would never Hurt anyone? You would never take their stuff. You want to be left alone, and you believe in an entirely free market. So it's just, um, in layman's terms, it's ultra libertarianism, if people want to think of it that way. Uh, libertarians believe in very minimal government or no government. I'm on the no government side. I think that we could do everything through mutual aid, volunteerism, um, all that good stuff. So that's just all anarchy means for anyone that might be freaking out.
1: Yeah, you know, and and they think they think that people don't have respect. You know, people who have respect for each other can live in a community. And that's what's going on now is you can't even have a community in a big city like this because, you know, just the, all the rules and regulations and stuff uh, people are driven out of their areas that they live in, or they, you know, sell their property to go someplace else to get out of California. So communities are torn apart. So it's hard, it's hard. it's harder for people to see that. But if you have a community of people who all get along and work together, you can definitely have have that kind of society and, and even if yeah. people don't get along as long as they have the ability to to, to not harm each other because they disagree with each other and know, it's that's... so
2: insane to me
1: I, I, yeah no you're absolutely right and it's just so insane to me that people sit there and they really
2: have they claim that uh, you know they have no faith in their fellow man and that's why anarchy wouldn't work right You can't live mm-hmm. in a community peacefully you have to have someone rule over you. well these same but you trust these same people that you have no faith in to elect people to rule over you as if that's going to be somehow better and that these people who have power are gonna be super virtuous about it and make sure, I mean, everything about that premise is so absurd and it's funny when you bring that up and they think of it that way, you know, most people will kind of, they still feel uncomfortable with it, but they'll kind of sit back and and realize, "Ah, you know, maybe there's something to that, right? That doesn't really kind of hold. We think that people are bad and that's what we need government, but these bad people are electing people in government, which just now have power, right? So this is the this is the big issue. It's just absurd that people don't want to live. No one wants to hurt each other. I mean, some people do intrinsically, you know, there are bad actors, of course, but um, on, a, on a wide scale, people don't want, they just want to be left alone. They want to live their lives. They want to take care of their family. They want to be contributing members of society, be well-respected in their community. This is all stuff that would happen and has happened. I mean, we have places like this already. There are a few uh, anarcho towns in uh, in Mexico, little villages. A lot of places operate this way. Well, not a lot of places, but some places operate this way, and it's it's been to great success. Uh, people just don't realize that this is, you know, the Amish are a great example, too, here in the States. The Amish are completely independent of the federal government. There are very few rules that they have to abide by, but you now you can see that they have that strong religious um, fervor, but that's their choice, right? These are, all, we're, we're assuming that morality doesn't exist, that, that morality is equivocal to government somehow. And that's just so absurd because, more, uh, as I say in my intro, like the, the antithesis of morality is government. It's, it's just absolutely terrible.
1: Yeah, it's just force.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely, just, co- it's coercion. That's not, there's yeah. nothing moral about coercion. I cannot take your stuff and just call it a day, whatever the greater good is. I mean, the greater good argument was a, it was an argument used by stalin it was an argument used by yeah. hitler i mean what does the greater good mean who decides what that means this is it's absurd
1: yeah i'm glad you brought that up about the town in mexico because i'd seen i've seen some videos on that that they they got so sick of the corruption that the town kicked the cops out they kicked all the politicians out and they had their i think they're armed and they just oh yeah they, they anybody into their town
2: yeah. Um, there are a few, actually. I think uh, Chauven is the most, uh, I think I think that's the one that's the most popular one, but there are a few and Mexico's not the only place that has them, but they basically went a lawsuit with the federal government and said, we're going to kick all of you out. Um, <laughs> we're going to live our own lives. Everyone is armed. Everyone kind of has a mutual understanding as to what's acceptable and what's not common law, right? Very basic, yeah. just Decency, and that 's how people operate and lo and behold, if you have enough people in a small community that choose to live this way, it kind of just it, it works out it 's not perfect and i 'm not suggesting that anarchy is perfect, but it is the most moral solution to anything i mean if you 're not taking people 's money, you can 't fund things like the war on drugs you can 't fund things right. like the war on terror uh, might the war on migration actual war right it yeah. 's what a concept, uh, and i 'd encourage anyone to watch uh, P. Canones has that great documentary. I don't know if you've seen it, "The Monopoly on no. Violence," which kind of breaks down uh, anarchy from the beginning and just how the state has usurped uh, this, you know, this coercive force, and they're the only ones allowed to have it. Right? We can't have our own military, or we're terrorists. Uh, we can't have our own uh, police force, or whatever. Uh, that would, that well, I mean, we can, but it would never be allowed to rival the state's force, right? And that's a that's a huge problem. So uh, I would encourage anyone to watch it, "Monopoly on Violence." I believe it's on Amazon and on YouTube now, so you can watch it for All free with some ads, or support the cause. But I would definitely encourage people to watch that.
1: Nice. Yeah, I'll have to check that. I've heard some people talk about it, and I just it hasn't hit my list yet, or my uh, yeah,
2: it's,
1: I've got to it yet. That's a good so one. So, what would you, what would you say to other anarchists who are like you, who haven't voted before? What what what, what would you say to to fire them up, to get them to come join.
2: (laughs) Well, it took a lot of convincing. I know a lot of those people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, man, it took a lot of convincing for me. Like I said, I made that leap from anarchy to, uh, I guess, being to involved. So 2016 to 2021, so about four-ish years. It was like the latter half of 2016. But uh, I would say that this is the time. if these lockdowns haven't radicalized you and made you see that the government is absolutely pure evil, that these politicians are the absolute worst and just the most corrupt fuckers. I don't know if I can cuss on this podcast. Oh, hell yeah, you yeah, can. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> that they are the most corrupt just individuals to ever exist on the planet. Then I, I don't know what else I can tell you. And I, I really know that it's, 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 antithetical to every anarchist to get involved in this political machine which just breeds corruption. But the only way to dismantle this beast is from within. There's nothing else you can really do. I mean, short of secession, which hopefully is someday looming, or short of some sort of actual revolution with, you know, another quote-unquote civil war, right? We're not going to have that. So you need to get involved within the system and you need to uh, actually do stuff. I mean, th- this is what it comes down to. If you want to see something closer to what an Anarchal, you know, Ancapistan, right, as I'd call it, or Libertaria, <laughs> you have to get involved and you have to like, get involved at the local level. That's what you have to do, city council races, uh, mayoral races, all of that. And once people start seeing that this can work, they'll have more faith in the system. And as you start running actual libertarians or people with an L next to their name, and you know, the whole point would be to get to that point where you can make the word anarchy not a bad word. And I think that we're getting there. And uh, this is just a great time for liberty. More people have been red-pilled during this pandemic than they've ever been in their entire life. Like people that I never thought would consider this train of thought or have ever agreed with me on any of this stuff have just, light bulbs have gone off. And it does give me, as Michael Malice would call it, it's the white pill, right? Where it's, it's hope for the future that so many people are getting red-pilled. And I think this is the time to strike while the iron's hot. Could this all just go tits up and not go anywhere? Maybe, but this is an opportunity and these don't come around very often. So we no. really need to make sure that we harness it and that we use it to our advantage. So that's, that's right. what I would that would be my message to anarchists is kind of uh, put your, show that it can work. Uh, show that it can work, and you, that this is the only way to do it.
1: That's right. And I, I know we've had your uh, your uh, your comment at the beginning in Spanish, but how about how about to the uh, non-Spanish-speaking uh, Latinos around? Uh, what would what would you say to them? Um, cool. I mean, I
2: actually have the statement pulled up. I can read the the statement in English, um, if that's all right with you. Yeah, yeah sure. So um you know so as i said at the beginning in spanish my name is adrian f Malagon, and i am here to tell you that you don't have to continue to choose between the lies corruption stupidity or evils the republican and democratic parties continue to disguise as compassion assistance and protection if you believe in true liberty morality justice property rights and non-aggression the libertarian party is the place for you our philosophy is simple Government is the enemy of individual liberty, which is why we want to make government as small and as powerless as humanly possible. We know the evils of government better than most. The majority of us are here, not just because our parents or grandparents wanted a better opportunity or life for themselves and their families, but in more recent years, to flee the violence and economic hardship that the United States government has perpetuated in Mexico, Central America, and South America through its interventionalist policies interventionist policy, sorry. The war on drugs and the war on migration supported by both Republicans and Democrats to this day helped create the cartels which now terrorize and control entire countries, forcing innocent men, women, and children to make a death-defying journey here to the United States only to end up in a cage on the border or get sent back from where they came just to do it all over again. The government doesn't care about you. Republicans and Democrats don't care about you. We have been a part of their game for far too long. Enough is enough. If you're tired of the lies, the violence, the theft, and the corruption, if you want to see true liberty in our lifetime, I urge you to consider joining and supporting the Libertarian Party.
1: I can't wait to spread that message all over uh, Northeast LA. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope it catches. I,
2: I think it's big. Um, you know, I know yeah. we talked about this off air before, but uh, the Hispanic community, it, it, we are natural agorists. We really are. Uh, I mean, we believe in family, we believe in community. We've seen corruption firsthand for generations. Uh, We are not fans of government, but we're sold this lie that you have to choose between Republicans and Democrats. And Republicans are evil sometimes, and then Democrats care about you, and then Democrats are evil sometimes. And then, I mean, we see what's happening at the border now, and it's just so disgusting. I mean, what? Kamala just made it last week I think Trump was there and it's these are both they're they're both responsible for this I mean past administration we've had immigration issues since as far as I can remember I mean I'm in my early 30s but I remember just like Univision or Telemundo playing in the background or whatever and it's it was the same stuff over and over again from the 90s so at at the very least from like the Clinton administration uh, to George W Bush to Barack Obama and they've all had all three executive branches at one point, uh, or I'm sorry, all three branches of government. So legislative, executive, and uh, judicial. uh, And they've done nothing. It's it's really insane that they've done nothing. I mean, you shouldn't really need the judicial branch for any of that, but they've had both houses of Congress and the executive branch, and they've done nothing because this is just a game for them. It's really funny to play this. Well, they care about you and then they don't. Well, we need strong borders and we need this and that because they just want your votes. They don't care. don't really care. That's why they only come around and pander and pretend to speak really, you know, shitty Spanish that they learned (laughs) at the last minute before they hopped in uh, to try to pander to voters, because that's what they do. They don't really care about you. They'll never think about it again. They'll think about it next election cycle, I guess. But that's it. It, It's just, uh, we we just need to stop falling. for. And we're we're smarter than this. We know this. But we just think that there isn't another way to do this. And, And there really is. And this is why I think that you know, you should really consider joining and supporting the Libertarian Party and uh, moving forward in this way.
1: Yeah. They, you know, that's what we're talking about, decentralizing, bring, bring the power back home, man.
2: Right. More specifically, the Mises caucus. I'll throw that out there. That's what yeah, brought yeah, me yeah. in. That was, the, that was the the turning point for me. It's just uh, making sure that we don't have this kind of lukewarm messaging and that we really call things out for what they are. The government is evil. It is corrupt. We are living. We've lived under tyranny for the last 15 months. This is not okay. These are things that we should be able to say out loud without fear of sounding too radical. Like I I want to go to work and live my life and not have my money stolen. If that's radical, then I guess I'm radical. I mean, John Brennan called us all terrorists, so I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, today too, (laughs) right? Did you see the Facebook thing? Today I woke up and we had on Facebook, yeah.
2: How crazy! Well, you know, I still haven't gotten one, so uh, so that means that uh, I guess I'm the extremist, right? Because it, says yeah, maybe it telling are, people maybe that you're the,
1: maybe, you're the, maybe you're the wild <laughs> out there dragging us all so down. For
2: people, for people that haven't seen it, what Sean's referring to is that these posts keep popping up where people are being warned that they're being exposed to extremist behavior or extremist posts, or uh, that they might be radicalized. And I haven't seen one yet today, which means that, like, I I guess I must be the extremist. You must be right? the radical. <laughs> I must be the radical that that everyone's being warned about. Yeah, um, no, man,
1: you're scary You're scaring me, dude. You're scared. Scary
2: man. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is gonna get taken down. This will never air. Uh, yeah, that's what happened the first time, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, let's let's take a little break here and then come back and talk about the caucus. Sure thing. Thanks for listening to the Liberty Blues Network. Make sure and check out all three podcasts on our network. We have the Liberty Blues, A Progressive and a Libertarian Can Walk Into a Bar, and Libertarian Los Angeles. Let us know what you think of the podcast and rate, review, follow, or whatever you can, wherever you listen. Thanks. Now back to the show. We're back. So the Mises Caucus, you know, as I, I've been in the Libertarian Party for a long time, and I watched the Ron Paul Revolution from over here, you know, in the Libertarian Party. Sure. And I remember thinking, man, I was like, I was not going to vote for a Republican, come hell or high water. It's just not going to happen, <laughs> and because I knew it was doomed to fail, and that's that's what happened, you know, because Republicans are Republicans, and they screwed over Ron Paul just like the Democrats did Bernie. So
2: right, history repeats itself. And Tulsi, huh? <laughs> history repeats itself.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I wouldn't. And I kept thinking to myself, God, I, I didn't know all the history of, you know, Ron Paul having been in the I knew he was there, but I didn't know, you know, the history of it. And I, I remember looking at it saying, Oh God, you know, I wish these people would just come over to the Libertarian Party. And when the Mises Caucus started this stuff up, I, I you know, I talked to Angela. Uh they the old uh chair of the count of the state called me and said, Do you want to run for office? He gave me Angela's number. I called her. I didn't know anything about the Mises caucus. I didn't know it was, you know, like part of this new Ron Paul revolution. And yeah. I appreciate that. You know, I'm like, shit, yeah, this is great. They're coming over. And when I hear the takeover language, I don't get offended. I never got offended. I was like, hell yeah, these people want to want to get in there and, and do the work. And one of the smears against the, the Mises people are that they don't want, they're not concerned with getting people elected. And I I, I can wholeheartedly say that's a bunch of crap because I mean they they do work hard to get people elected, that you know other things along with it. So you want to talk about a little bit of that?
2: Yeah, um, yeah. There are just so many things floating around about the Mises Caucus which are just uh, just they're so just untrue. They're overblown. The takeover thing, right? So let's you know we addressed that a little bit earlier. The takeover is literally just Ron Paul Revolution 2.0. It means that we're going to be principled libertarians and that we are going to compromise nothing. That's literally it. Uh, and we're gonna do this by recruitment. We're gonna go out and say, we're gonna be unapologetically libertarian. We know that you lean this way or you did in the past, like we're back now. Are you ready to join us? Do you, this is a, this is the time to fight for liberty because if people think, there was a great treat, tweet by LP National, I think a few weeks ago or something that said, um, I'm paraphrasing, but it was, This, the lockdown was a trial run, or this lockdown was a trial run. And, uh, you know, I liked it. Um, Wasn't really at the heart of the issue, but I think it makes a very solid point that this was, they wanted to see what they could get away with. Right. And I think as it turns out, they can get away with a whole lot. And uh, it's really sad. And this is why the, the messaging from the Mises Caucus is very important. It's that we will not stand for this. We will call tyranny out when we see it. What happened here in California is tyranny. Gavin Newsom is a tyrant. That's why he's being put up for a recall, which he managed to somehow, I just found out today, I don't know if you saw, I just like literally before hopping on this podcast, it's scheduled for September 14th, which gives us no time to run uh, you know, to have a, a really good front runner. It just it really limits our ability as, as Californians, not even like the Libertarian right. Party, but just to really do something. And that's really shitty and snaky because most of, most of the time these elections happen in November or December. But the, he wanted it as soon as possible because right now people are kind of happy to get their basic freedoms back. And he knows yeah. that he's probably going to win the sooner he does it. So of course he wanted to do it in September because it's going to be before we hit the winter time, or, you know, whatever, the flu season, which, you know, he's going to lock everyone up again. That's what he's going to try to do. He's going to come back with the mask mandates, the locking everyone up and he'll be governor again. So it won't matter. And then he'll leave California in fucking ruin and he'll go do his next thing, which will be running for Senator or Congress or the white house, whatever, right. It's going to be something else. Cause he's not going to, he's not going to stay governor here forever. And right? he only has a year left or something, but um, this is why the messaging for the Mises caucus is, is really important. And, you know, all of these just radical claims, like you said, that they won't help people run. Kelly Carden is running and Riverside, oh, yeah. we're supporting him wholeheartedly. Like, he is, he's just great. Uh, Kelly, I got to meet him at convention. That guy is so full of energy. It's, yeah, unreal. Awesome. it's like, it's like he chugged 10 Red Bulls before shaking your hand. And he, he's incredibly bright. He's very personable. Yeah, you he's can he's ask friendly him anything and he's ready to go. He's friendly as hell, right? He's just a great guy. Yeah. I got to meet him that one time and I felt like I made a friend for life. Um, And so, you know, we're fully supporting his run, we're backing candidates and constantly asking people, do you want to run for office? Do you want to do this? Where do you live? Let's try to figure out if we can get some money. So we want to push candidates forward. That's the whole point, right? Uh, It's just, there are certain candidates that we may not want to endorse or that we may not want to push forward. And it's again, because we want to make sure that they have principled, uncompromising messaging. I mean, the, my favorite, I think, Dave Smith quote is, I, we have to have people that are willing to fight all of this government tyranny, compromise nothing, grow a fucking backbone, and fight for liberty. That's literally the message. That's what it is. Right. And if that's scary to you, I maybe don't want to be on your team then.
1: I don't know. That should be a pretty straightforward message. Yeah, you don't want to wake like in the chain. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Right. And, you know, we need a lot we need people to differentiate
2: themselves. That's what it, like, we really need people to differentiate themselves from other people. That's, I mean, if, if you have, we, you need, we need to do that. There's really no other way.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things that, uh, like, they were mad about that takeover language, uh, you know, the the prags, the and they, uh, the way I see it is they should have, the energy they took attacking everybody for saying it, if they would have put that towards recruiting, they might not have got themselves into so much shit, you know? It's just like you know they just like the cavalry showed up and they started shooting them down. It's like oh, geez, it is really funny. You, <laughs> it
2: is really funny. We'll say Prague's R.I.P. Um, that is now yeah. as of this as of this recording. It's a a, a former caucus, but yeah, I really yeah. wish that they put as much energy as they did against uh, you know fighting the Mises caucus when they were a thing. Uh, if they put that energy toward fighting the state, could you imagine the stuff that we could do? That's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that you want. I mean. I I know a lot of good people who were former Prague uh, caucus members and they're great. They know a lot of stuff. They have a lot to offer and a lot to bring to the table. And, you know, the Mises caucus has this uh, strong uh, economic knowledge. They have a lot of passion. They have a lot of energy. Uh, There's just more of us. Right. So, I mean, put together, you could really, you could really have a force to reckon with moving forward. And this is why it's just, You know, given everything that's happened recently, whether it's here in California or New Hampshire or Pennsylvania or at the LNC, um, it's just really nice to see that we are getting to the point where we're moving past all of this. At least I hope that we are. And, you know, uh, Angela McArdle for chair 2022 That's looking more and more likely. That uh, and that, that's that's really one of the reasons that I'm that I'm here. Uh, you know, I I obviously listened to uh, Dave, Tom, and Michael Malice, but you know they had her on, and she was on other. When I started googling the Mises Caucus and you know what's going on here and who are what's this chair thing, and I didn't know anything, right? So I had a kind of this trial by fire. And I, I mean, I I know that you've probably heard her on several podcasts and read her yeah. speeches, or uh, she's amazing. She's absolutely she's so brilliant. She's passionate. She's articulate. Um, she is she she does it all i can't believe she has that much energy and that she i don't think there are very few people that work as hard as she does and could you imagine if this is like being chair is her full-time job if fighting for liberty is her full-time job the shit that we can accomplish is exciting to me it's absolutely amazing
1: i mean i get to see you know what we got going on in la here you know and just the year that i year year and a half i've been you know on, on on the executive committee you know it's been uh it's been great. You know, it, we got a lot of stuff going, a lot of growth. So I look forward to seeing that on the national stage.
2: Yeah. She works too hard. She needs to take it easy sometimes, but she's that's how yeah. passionate she is. Uh, that's yeah. how passionate she is. And it's, it's very, it's, it's very admirable. and It's, it's very exciting.
1: So now I alluded to it earlier in the podcast that we had, we had actually, this is the second time you've been on the podcast, but the first one didn't get an air because so, some drama unfolded with the uh, California executive. So, so what can you say about that?
2: Yeah, so um, we did, I, I do want to put this behind us. Um, hopefully nothing really airs, you know, doesn't get too tricky or anything moving forward, but we had, uh, there was an appeal that was written. Um, there were people that were upset by the turnout of the elections, and uh, there were six votes that were invalidated. Um, Personally, I, I don't think that, I think that the will of the delegate should have stayed. Some of these were just based off technicalities. I do understand that we have bylaws that we have to adhere to. And when I say we have to adhere to them, it's, this, it's because we have willingly chosen to adhere to these arbitrary rules. So it's very, impo- it's very important for us to adhere to these rules and um, you know, maintain that's how you maintain principle and integrity in an organization, right? Is um, that right to so,
1: associate?
2: Right, right. So um, it, it's really, it, it's unfortunate that this all happened uh, and that it just kind of spiraled and it triggered the series of events. So I think it was about five elections that were invalidated. So we had vacant seats on the XCOM. Uh, we just had our last meeting. Oh, I'm, I'm going too much ahead of myself. So uh, a six votes uh, six votes invalidated. A lot of elections were, were I guess, close or within the margin of error because of those six votes. A lot of those were technical. Um, like some people were voting from their app when, uh, they had left apparently the, they'd left like the convention, but there was no rule student that they couldn't do that. So there was a lot of confusion revolving that um, two members were uncredentialed. Uh, they weren't credentialed the full 90 days. So there were a couple of people that literally was like 87 days. So it was just three days off the mark. Uh, and that is important. I don't want to, I, I really don't want to say that this stuff isn't important, but I. I, I would have liked to, as a result of these vacancies and as a result of the new election that happened. So people that don't know, when vacancies happen on an XCOM, whether it's at a county level or at the state level, or I think even the national level, that one I'm not sure about though, but um, the, will, uh, it's the XCOM votes in new members. So it's the, ex- the existing executive committee that has voting rights will uh, vote in to fill in those seats. So that's what happened. Uh, so those five seats were filled in. Uh, The, unfortunately, the XCOM was not, I was really hoping that the will of the delegates would kind of just be, uh, that it would be honored because there were these technical little things and it's very clear that the XCOM, I'm sorry, that the delegates really wanted these people in these positions. Um, It didn't happen that way. It's unfortunate that uh, one person was removed, uh, someone else came in, so um, I can understand why people are upset. There was like a, a huge email um, blast once people, and it was just there were a lot of things that kind of went wrong here. It wasn't as transparent as a process as people would have liked. Um, I mean, you didn't find out. we had a pull it because I didn't want to I wanted to make sure that I was still on the Xcom right when this happened. And yeah, I wasn't just like talking out of my ass here. so uh, <laughs> and I couldn't really share too much about it at the time, and it's because we didn't really know what was going on and uh, you know, it, the transparency, the transparency wasn't great on it. And that's when people found out they literally found out at the last minute. And so all of these people started emailing, uh, you know, our XCOM chain, you can find that on our Google groups, but uh, we just got blasted with over two dozen emails, probably, when people found out and they were like, what's going on? And we mean, we made this trip to Visalia to vote in for these people, and now they might not be there. And, excuse me. And you know what's going on, so I can see why people would think that it was shady or that it was whatever. But um, yeah, it is unfortunate that all well, the delegates didn't get to stay. But uh, you know, looking forward, we the next election or the next convention rather is in February. So uh, this is where where a lot of seats will be up again, a lot of the vacancies. So at least those five plus two more, I believe, will be up for election, uh, because when you get voted in by just the XCOM and not the delegates. You only get to finish out that term until the next oh, convention. Okay. So my seat will be up for election again as the other four that were voted back in, uh, uh-huh. in addition to two whose just whose terms just happened to uh, to be open for 2022. So uh-huh. in February, uh, you know the will of the delegates again will will be fulfilled uh we have a lot more people that are registered obviously like the people that the two that were not within that 90 day period that's not an issue anymore Um, i've been recruiting some members up here in in the bay area and uh i I think that we're gonna have a really great turnout for the long beach convention in 2022 and on that note oh yeah it's gonna be great Um, i will say that if you are an anarchist that's listening to this or small libertarian, or maybe a Republican or Democrat that uh, likes to hear shit talked about you on a libertarian podcast, uh, you know, and you're considering and I've changed your mind somehow, or Sean has changed your mind, uh, I'd, I'd, really, I'd really like you to consider registering and being a dues paying member of the libertarian party because that's how you'll be allowed to vote. And so long as you're within 90 days of the convention, it'll be fine. So just like do it now, let's not even get that close. Do it now, as soon as you listen to this, just go on ca.lp.org. Go become a member, uh, it'll be really easy. But I think the last the last day that you might be able to do it is like toward the end of November. I'd say like December 1st is like the last day to do it. So do, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. It'll be November 1st. So do it like November 1st, become a delegate by then, and then we'll be all good for convention in Long Beach. Your vote will count. There won't be any sort of uh, problems or issues there, so. strongly recommend that you guys do that.
1: Do you want, do you want to give out the information for the Mises caucus too?
2: Oh yeah, of course. Um, let me actually just pull up. Well, obviously takehumanaction.org will be the best way to make sure that, uh, you can subscribe to, you know, monthly donation or any sort of donation that you want to give to, um, the Mises Caucus, but if you want to learn more about the actual Mises Caucus, you know, the Austrian School of Economics, what we're really doing here, recruiting efforts, uh, good stuff to read, some free books too uh, yeah. that, we'll, that we'll shoot out. It'll be lpmisescaucus.com, So you can go ahead and click on that link. You can read the about, you can read, um, you know, who founded it, uh, great Michael Heiss. Uh, you can find out how to get locked into anyone in your area, wherever you're listening to this. There's bound to be a Mises Caucus member, uh, that is organizing. So I'm actually since, oh, this is new too. I forgot to mention this. Uh, so since we last spoke, I have taken on the role. We've split up the North because we have so many people coming in, which is great. So um, Brandon Nelson is heading off, unfortunately, to to Tennessee uh, sometime relatively soon, uh, but he was doing a great job up here. And now we're going, we've split up the North. So uh, Ben Weir is taking over kind of like the entire North, Northern California. And I've been assigned uh, to coordinate just the Bay Area. So I'm the new Mises Caucus Bay Area coordinator uh, because the Bay Area is big enough. You know, we have the east, we have the peninsula, we have the north. And then I don't like to call it the South Bay, but I guess some people will still call it. I've never called it that. They call it that. San Jose is like barely the Bay Area. Whatever. (laughs) People will get mad, but um, it is what it is. So, uh, yeah, so I've been assigned the entire Bay area there and, uh, it just makes things easier. So, um, yeah, you'll be able to find, and it would be, my goal is to, once we start getting bigger and bigger and bigger, um, you know, we'll be able to have like an East Bay Mises Caucus area, a peninsula Mises Caucus area, a North Bay Mises Caucus area where every, it's just getting so big that it's untenable to have, you know a hundred people or more in one area meeting each other and that we have all these separate meetups and stuff. So I'm sure LA is, there's something similar down there in that respect, because it's just so big and there's so many people.
1: Yeah, we have all all our region reps. So, you know, we just, you know, some of the regions are a little bigger than others. I'm right in the Northeast LA and Central LA. So I'm right in the thick of things.
2: Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I still don't know LA very well. Uh, South of Bakersfield, it's all LA to me. And then you hit San Diego. (laughs) Um, I just, I got, I got to throw that in there because I know that Southern California people hate that. Uh, But uh, I'm, I'm in the Bay area. So I will say what I want. South of Bakersfield, it's all LA. I don't care where you
1: are. Orange County, Newport, Venice, it's all LA Uh, until you get to San Diego. You you know what? That's funny. You know, one, one thing that uh, Pete, like, like you, you just recently got into it and you already have a position that, you know, you work for that whole area you know Donald Rainwater he 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 got involved and he ended up coming in second place for governor of Indiana in in a third of the state or something like that you know he beat the democrat in a third of the state and and had record numbers for a libertarian in that state you know so you if you if you hear what he's saying you know get involved i mean you can make a difference the libertarians party is still small enough that it's really easy to make a big difference you know yeah and, oh absolutely as the Mises Caucus say, take human action. So yeah, take human action, you know, get, get involved. involved
2: at the local level. Uh, it, it's it's really easy, just uh, lpmesescaucus.com uh, and we'll make sure to put you in, in the right place with the right people. And then obviously a big part of this is still supporting the Libertarian Party of California. And then you know wherever you are, your respective uh, state. Oh, that reminds me really quickly actually, uh, since we were talking about Angela's chair race in 2022, hashtag Angela McArdle for chair 2022, uh, she will, um, we want to make sure that people understand that they do not only have to be registered at the state level, so it'd be good to, to do that, but uh, up and coming by at least October, you're going to want to be, if you're planning on going, the convention is here in the West this time, so it's really nice. The, the For people that don't know, the Libertarian Party National, so the National Libertarian Party, BLP, holds an, an annual convention every year. So, uh, the Democrats and Republicans hold it every two years. So we, like you were talking about advantages, this gives us an advantage when it comes to selecting, um, you know, our presidential, uh, no, or having our presidential nominees later and doing all that. And who we want to run at national levels because we have it every year. So that's that's a, a plus side for us. So yeah. she's running, it, it, this is in Reno. So this time it's in Reno. It should be very accessible for a lot of people, a little less so down in Southern California, but still, you know, a, just a flight away. Yeah. So uh, I can drive there, luckily, because it's only like three hours for me, I think, three or four. Uh, I drive fast, so like two and a half. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but yeah, so if you, uh, you definitely want to go to lp.org and uh, take a look at uh, how you can become a national member. So it's $25 to be a registered libertarian and a dues-paying member here in California at ca.lp.org. $25 covers you for the year. Same thing for national. So for 50 bucks, you can make a huge difference uh, in you can be involved, you can run for office. Uh, when I mean office, I mean, well, you can always run for office, but you can run for your local, like libertarian uh, county affiliate office. And then, uh, you know, if you wanna run for something at state, if you get so gung ho about everything that you wanna run for one of the positions at national, you know, it would, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't hurt to be, and to be able to vote for Angela, obviously, it wouldn't hurt to pay that 25 bucks and, become uh, an LP national member. So I definitely encourage people to go out and do that uh, by October. I think uh, it's, I, there's a deadline in October. So we'll just say October 1st, first of everything. That's how I like to do it. So October 1st, yeah. do it by then.
1: Yeah. If, if, uh, if we can get her elected like, chair, it'd be the best 50 bucks you spent.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is a small price to pay. I'll tell you Yeah, that. Hell yeah, I, dude. And if you want to support her on her Patreon, I would strongly encourage you doing that. I I pay for her Patreon. She has really good stuff on there. She always puts her speeches. So she doesn't recycle speeches. Uh, I didn't know this. I assumed that she, you know, she speaks at every convention. She's been flying all over the place. It is ridiculous. And so I just assume that when you're doing, you know, speeches everywhere and, you know, you're going to write, you're, you're going to just kind of copy and paste most of it or do whatever. She writes a new speech every time. She has a different theme, a different message. She finds out what the state is struggling with, what they need. She does her research ahead of time. It, it's absolutely phenomenal, the amount of work that she does. And she's doing this yeah. for free people. So, it, you know, hop on that Patreon, give her, give her a little bit of money, five bucks, give her five bucks a month. That's going to go a long way. It means a lot. You'll get to read some amazing material um you can you can copy and paste it you know she doesn't believe in ip i would imagine we don't so just go ahead and copy and paste it use it spread the message
1: that's right um, what about um i was ask you about something else eh, i don't know we talked about a lot of stuff <laughs> sorry i just ramble and talk a lot yeah no no that's Went great. Off on no, tangent. I, oh yeah 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 what about jeff hewitt you got you want to throw out any information for hewitt
2: yeah um i actually so I don't know a whole lot about the campaign here. I know he just had, um, I know there was an event on Wednesday. I wasn't able to go to that because I was in Sacramento and that was a bit too, that was yesterday. So that was yesterday. I don't know of any up and coming events to be honest. Um, that would be, yeah, I don't know. Uh, he's a great guy. I've met him so I can definitely give a, a a plug for him there. I've met him, he's a very great guy. He's one of our most successful libertarians. As far as uh, like on the national level, like he is one of the highest-ranking libertarians. And when I say that, so people understand, you know, they'll say, "Well, Justin Amash," and "Well, Ron Paul," and he's one of the highest elected. Like he ran on a libertarian ticket. Like that was that's it. Right. He's always running a, He always ran with an L next to his name, and that's no small feat. Um, I believe that there is one other gentleman. I think it's in Wyoming. He was yeah. at convention. I forgot his name. Bird um, I- Bert. Yeah, Ken Burke. Yeah, yeah well, maybe that's what it is. William Burt. Um, We might have messed that up, but it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, he's like the, they're kind of like neck and neck for the highest uh, ranking elected libertarian running as a libertarian in right. the country, which is pretty impressive. And he is running for governor. So this is actually a really important time. Uh, I know I just mentioned that Newsom kind of just fucked us because he decided to make it September and a lot of people haven't gotten a chance to, uh, hear about Jeff Hewitt up here in the north. But uh, I know I'm sure that he's that he's very popular and well known down in Southern California. But uh, we we really are trying to figure out how to uh, to get the word out there. And we're hoping to have a meeting about that soon up here to because the election is literally just a couple of months away now, which really sucks. Right. So yeah. we really have to get his name out there. And my biggest fear is that if we don't have a front runner or a household name, uh, people will just won't vote to recall Newsom, you know, fear drives everything fear of the unknown. So if you don't have someone that's a household name, that you know, really well, then you're gonna, you know, we might end up in the same spot. So we definitely really want to make hoping sure there's no
1: blackouts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And anything can happen. I do want to make sure it sounds like it was being a Debbie downer earlier. But yeah, uh, I was just more it is a downer. When that happened. Yeah, it is a downer. It really sucks that he got his wish. And he got to just but that's how fucking corrupt this whole thing is, right? He gets yeah. to pick like, yeah. when he wants the election. Of course, he wants it as soon as possible because right now everyone's like less pissed at him because California is, quote unquote, somewhat normal now. So right. it, but it's really, it's really easy to, to forget for some people that I would urge people to, you know, literally anything would be better than Gavin Newsom. And I did say anything, like anything can be there. A rock, uh, f- like fuck, I don't <laughs> care. Literally anything is better than Gavin Newsom. So uh, I really hope that we do vote to recall him. I hope that everyone marks yes for the recall. And that on top of that, that, you know, they throw their support behind Jeff Hewitt and that they look into what he's doing. I'm sure that down there, your audience knows him a little bit better, but um, we're really trying to, we're really going to try to have to do some stuff and work some magic up here to make sure that he becomes more of a, uh, I hope that, we're supposed to. I'm supposed to have a meeting a little bit later, so I'm hoping that uh, the Sacramento event went well yesterday. He was doing, I think, a debate with John Cox and someone oh. else. I forget who the other name is. It was a it was a fundraising event down uh, up here in Sacramento. So uh, hopefully he got some good exposure there. I haven't had yeah. a chance to really uh, to really scour social media today. So um, hopefully he did uh, he did well. He got some press, and people are getting to know him a little bit better.
1: Nice, yeah. Hoping, uh, hoping it goes through. So, did you do you have anything else you want to say before we uh, check out of here?
2: Um, not really. I think I've talked your ear off, Uh, (laughs) but (laughs) I I definitely appreciate you having me on. Uh, If uh, people want to, uh, you know, email me. If you have, I'll say this for any any uh, any Hispanic people, brown people, uh, anyone really. You don't have to be brown. You can just uh, go ahead and email me anyway. If you have any way, I'd really like to reach out to the Hispanic community. Like I mentioned earlier, we are natural agorists. I think we're natural libertarians. We just sometimes don't know it. I know that's used a lot, but I do think that that is true in the Brown community specifically. They don't like really mm-hmm. being told what to do. Uh, so I, I really do think that if you have some ideas, if you'd want me to come out, maybe do something for you or help in any capacity, I am here in the East Bay, but I can try to make it work. Um, you can email me at a uh, amalagon, so that's A-M-A-L-A-G-O-N, at ca.lp.org. Feel free to shoot me a message there, and uh, I'll be happy to get back to you and see what I can do. Uh, If you'd like to follow my personal Twitter, you're always welcome to. Sometimes I'm funny. Sometimes I'm informative. Sometimes I'm neither. Uh, (laughs) So you can follow me at age Malagon. So A-G-E-M-A-L-A-G-O-N. Yeah, I think that's it
1: right on well i really appreciate uh your all your work and uh i appreciate you coming on the podcast and i said anytime you got something you want to talk about something going on feel free to hit me up and we'll get you back on
2: yeah sounds good man really appreciate the time
1: yeah talk to you later man have a good one